0: Boy, look at our tennis squad we just got on a pitch and we say it off i used to just want to get top four but we're up now when i want to know more if we quit now it was all for nothing they talk big but we call their bluffing we can't call no more discussion this season's all or nothing bukayo that our boy i told you that's what's up people boy. welcome to another episode of the canon club podcast where we debate and give opinions on all things arsenal make sure you follow us and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice leave us with a five-star review and if you want this, dis- this discussion in more digestible chunks, make sure you go over to our YouTube channel, Canon Club, on YouTube and join the conversation there. My name is Mex, and as always, I'm alongside my co-host, Paul. Paul, what's good?
1: What's good, people? What's good, my bro? Doing well, doing well. Excited to chop it up with more Arsenal talk as usual.
0: Yes, and we are joined today by a guest, uh, we have Egal from Egal Talks Football in the house. You might have seen him on Football Terrace. You might have seen him on his own channel, Egal um, Talks Football. So, yeah, brilliant to have you, bro. I appreciate you coming
2: through. Bro, it's been a long time coming. I think you guys messaged me a couple of weeks ago and it's like we're trying to work out a date. So this is great. It's And also, we're about to do a double signing of Timber and Declan Rice soon. So that's even better. And yeah, everyone's all smiles. So the whole Arsenal fan base should be loving life right now.
0: Yeah, man, things are definitely on and up right now. Um, just, just about yourself a bit. When did you get into like um, content creating for Arsenal? How long has it been now,
2: bro? So I don't know if you guys know, but I started off doing content on Sunny Sunny TV. Yeah, if you guys know the short, uh, short guy Sunny Bald, used to be on AF TV a lot, he yells a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turkish brother. So I, I just called in on his show one day, and then I started getting more and more involved on his channel. Um, I think this was end of Arsene Banger, beginning of, uh, begin, beginning of Una Emery, And then I remember calling in to the football terrorists back when they used to do Fan Park Live, getting at uh, Ty and, and what do you call and it? Claude, rest in peace, yeah. Claude. And yeah, man, it's just I've been doing content since 2019, 2020. I started my own channel in 2020. And yeah, blessings, man. I'm on 22K now. I do TikTok also. Uh, I got like almost 40K subscribers, uh, followers there. But the main thing for me has always been I feel like too many people are just out here cussing the club. And especially when we're in a bad state, everyone's always pointing out the negatives. And I feel like there were so many positives that are never being brought up because we'd lose a game and people would be like Arsenal's just terrible. But there's so many little things in the building blocks. I've always seen little glimpses of of hope to hold on to, but people are always just looking at the negatives. But yeah, that's kind of where I came in. and I, And I felt like you need a fresher breath there with everyone just ranting and raving. Maybe somebody uh, somebody out there that can actually sh- uh, pinpoint what we should be holding on to as fans. And Rival's always giving us all these just uneducated takes. Like, like for example, you must have heard this a bunch of times. One good season. Arsenal fans are getting excited. Yeah. It's Ooh. such a sad take. It hasn't been one good season. <laughs> if you really look back, we've been good for two calendar years. It's just... The points totals were not adding up onto the league campaign because we started the season so
0: bad a couple years ago. No, yeah, definitely been. I think there's definitely been. It's an upward trajectory. It you know it hasn't been like you're saying just one good season and oh we finished second and everyone's making noise. Um yeah we've it's been a steady improvement. Sorry for what you're gonna say.
1: Now I was gonna say obviously you know it's good obviously to hear fellow fans you know. With an honorable reason to kind of want to get into the content creation, you know, because it's more like it's not just, oh, I want to make money or, you know, not that that doesn't come you with it, but. i this to the make money, you know what I mean? Yeah. It. So, you know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, I just want to actually back my club and just make sure that I have a voice as well to be able to, you know, put to bed some of the, the silly opinions and rumors and all that stuff about how the club is and moving forward and things like that. So, yeah, I really respect that, bro. Respect, man. Thanks. Yeah, really.
2: so um what like yourself, what made you guys start you guys started just because you're angry one day and you're like let me <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I mean i think our story so me and paul went to school together we've been friends for a very long time um and it's just a case of you know we're talking about arsenal every other day anyway you see what i mean so it's just to kind of do it in in a public forum do it grow a community uh, you know find more arsenal fans um like like ourselves and um yeah, it's, it's been good. I guess where we've kind of started within the last year, um, we've had a lot of positives to talk about. So we haven't necessarily had, you know, we've had the disappointment of obviously not winning the league this season, but we haven't had the dark days of, you know, what it has been a couple of years back. So, um, yeah, I think I think for us, it's kind of that. That was our start. Would you add, add anything to that, Paul?
1: Yeah, no, I think, like you said, just we wanted to have, like, a community and a space where we could talk with ourselves and obviously other Arsenal fans and just, you know, build that community, have a space to be able to express ourselves. Um, Because obviously the the fan base is huge. And, you you know, if you don't kind of create that space for yourself, sometimes you can kind of get drowned out and things like that. So, yeah, we just wanted to have that for ourselves and, yeah, just see where it goes. But, you know, we're just enjoying the process and the journey right now. Yeah. it's cool to it's cool to
0: create as well and um you know, kind of have have this space and um kind of make reference to things you said and you know, maybe where your thoughts have changed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like we were saying, it's it's great to have you on, Eagle. We'll start with one of the conversations we really wanted to um, jump into. It's it's been a, a week that's had a lot of going good news. Um and um yeah, like it's it's a rare week where like nothing has kind of scared us controversial anything like that um we'll start with you know our de facto captain I'll call him in Granite Xhaka seen as many as one of the leaders in the team um history riddled with controversy in an Arsenal shirt but it almost you know ended in a fairy tale kind of way as close as a fairy tale could be without the Premier League title of course um, he's left the club now. The the deal has been agreed. Leverkusen have done all the 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 you know PR stuff. They've put it out. They've announced it on their side. Um, am I right in saying the, the deal was twenty one and a half million pounds? Maybe yeah. that twenty five million euros.
1: That's what it's been reported as. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm I'm just gonna say this. Granit Xhaka. There
2: is two types of people who are uh, in the Arsenal fan base with Granit Xhaka. People who have turned around and said, you know what, he's done well and, and respect what he's done in, in the business end uh, and this part of his, uh, his career at Arsenal, the last end, there's people who can never get past the first part of his Arsenal career where he said F off to the fans, where the team was terrible. So I lie more in the second half, but I understand why people still don't rate him because of how poor we've been as a club. As a player, he's always been a professional. He's been a... He's been a player who, even when things were bad, he would tell us the honest truth. Other people would lie to us and be like, you know what? We got to do better. We can do better. He was like, no, we didn't do good enough today. And certain people should have stayed home if they weren't ready to play. Yeah. He might have been the wrong person to submit the message, but the message was correct. And I respect the fact that he turned turned it around at Arsenal, where some people are going to point out the fact that Conte we could have got Conte and he became a Chelsea legend. But let's not detail what it could have. The reality is, he came to Arsenal. We're in a bad state, and never lived up to his price tag. But he leaves, he leaves the club respect, respect, respected because of how he turned it around, and him being a part of this team that was competitive last season. I wish he could have won the Premier League title with us, but it's unfortunate that
0: we that we dropped off the way we did. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't quite end how it should have after. Again, such a a great season, um, but yeah, gran Granit Xhaka, like you said, there's almost two two different camps of where you may lie when it comes to um, Granit Xhaka and and the general opinion on him. Um, now we see him obviously departing, and it looks like generally like he's getting a good farewell from people. Um, but Paul, we'll start with you. Do you think people should be given Granite Xhaka, that 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 kind of big farewell and kind of paying the respect to him, um, or yeah, should it be on the the other side of the fence?
1: I think it's like where personally my respect comes into it is because obviously he's had the situation where he's captain under Emery and he's you know he's he's told the fans to f off, he's thrown the, the 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 shirt down, and it was almost like it's done. And I think it's almost just a respect that Arteta's come in and he's been able to turn that around and just give us solid performances for the time that he's been here. And then obviously the last season, he's just been, you know, he was was phenomenal. It was his best season, you know, in terms of like output, in terms of performances. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, if I speak to other Arsenal fans, they'd probably say, you know what, maybe... This is like one good out of seven or one or maybe one and a half good out of seven, you know. And I, I understand that. But I just think to be able to have that turnaround and come back and, you know, really dig deep and give us his all. And I think like Igor was saying, it's like he's been a professional apart from that moment there. And for some fans, they'll say it's it was expected. You can't have 60,000 people telling him to, to get off and booing him and think he won't react. You know, not to say that he should have done that, but, you know, people are different. So I think he is deserving of it. I think it's just to to kind of respect what he's been able to do in this short period post him throwing the shirt down. Um, He's not been amazing. Everyone knows that. He's not been, you know, um, some like, he's not going to go down as like an Arsenal legend. But he definitely, he gave us his all, you know, Arteta said... We're gonna need you to play this position. If not, we're gonna to have to get someone else who you can. And he came back and he smashed it to bits. So I've got nothing but respect for the guy. I'm happy in the same sense though, because I think it's the right time to move him on, and we're moving him on for a good fee. We signed him for 35 to get a fee of like 21 and a half. You know, after seven, six, seven years, I think that's amazing business as well. So yeah, uh, nothing but respect. um but yeah, we, we needed to up, uh, upgrade that position as well. So, you know, it's a win win situation for us all.
2: Yeah, the price is also important because we were all privy to the fact that I thought Thomas Partey and Jacko would both end up leaving Arsenal on a free transfer, similar to me I mm-hmm. mean, What? To actually get money back, just because our performances, as our performances improve, the, our, our ability to sell players will improve.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think um, we've began to see a bit of that turnaround. Although still, we haven't seen like massive sums for players we have sold.
2: Hey, Balogun um, coming! I'm telling
0: you. Right, we're gonna we're gonna talk to talk about Balogun later in the show. Um, but this this particular one with Xhaka, like we said, um, that the price, what the price has ended up being, has kind of come out of nowhere. Um, from what we, I guess, it was first reported what it could be. So, um, yeah, this this was it was good it was a good surprise um i guess it's just this this matter of respect i you know the thing about jackal i think he's just always been that kind of you know heart on the sleeve kind of this is who i am kind of guy and he's a he's a big character even when you know um artessa came into the job and he was basically out the door said i'm ready to go and all this kind of stuff the crystal palace thing had happened not too long before that and um you know yes his bags were packed and it's been well-documented Arteta oh, kind of turned him around and everything um he could he could have still left he could have still left and um he he's kind of chose to be like right I'm gonna have to go out there I'll be so booed by these guys and disliked but you know this is my career and everything and you know it's it, he turned it around in great fashion um I think I think Arsenal legend well some places I've quoted Arsenal legend you know is a bit far. I think, um, you know, if, if you're just looking in the face of what he achieved at Arsenal, it wasn't much to enter we the state to legend. We need to stop the legend talk unless somebody delivers a league title or a Champions League. Mm. Yeah, FA, FA Cup ain't even... It don't cut the mustard. Like, I think legend is just associated in football. As long as you've played for the club, you're like a club legend at this point. Like, yeah. not good enough.
1: Mm.
0: X. Yeah, so I think um, we have to... We just have to say he was a he was a good former player. Um and um yeah, he, he he done his time, he's left now. Um do you either of you guys see him maybe one day coming back to the club, coaching capacity, manager capacity? You see that from Xhaka?
2: Yeah, no. Uh, don't know the Labour cousin contract that he got has a situation where he's gonna be transitioned into a manager afterwards. So not only is he going to be a player for whatever two years, three years of his player's contract, after that he's going to move into a, a managerial role at Leverkusen.
1: Okay, okay, that's that's quite interesting. I think I think he's definitely got the minerals. I think okay. even if it wasn't just like a you know okay like in terms of like a coaching a technical side, he could just be there you know to like a almost like a motivational speaker. You know, tell the guys when they're messing up, tell them when they're doing good kind of show them, you know, because you hear all these quotes about, you know, doing everything for the team, taking yellow cars when you need to, putting yourself here and there and everything. So yeah, I think I think he could definitely do something like that. I don't think he'd be a bad guy to have um in the backroom staff at all.
0: He's definitely got the the heart and like you say, the the passion kind of capabilities of it. Um you would hope as he gets older, I think he's even showed that in the last year the emotional intelligence is is getting better. It's improving as well. Um, I could definitely see him in a coaching capacity, and for some odd reason, I could see him back at Arsenal. Um, it's just—it's just like how one of these stories go, isn't it? Like, um, so the next—the next Arteta. You never know. You literally never know. So, um, yeah, it's—it's it's overall, I think, from us anyway. It's—it's it's a you know good farewell. Thanks for the service. Not quite legend status, but you know we're happy to kind of see um, the fact that things have been turned around. Um, on that front. Um, ego, you had mentioned before following Balogun when we're talking about selling players. So let's talk about him. Obviously, done an absolute madness in France last season. You know, 20 plus goals for a player of his his age. He's, you know, never really been given that opportunity at first team um, men's football before. Um, albeit, yes, people talk about the French League and stuff. And we've not been kind to the French League on this show. You know, I won't get it twisted. We've always talked about how much how many of those goals actually mean something if this was the Premier League sort of thing? Um, but you know, you have to do you have to beat who's in front of you, you have to score goals past the goalkeeper put in front of you, and Balogun has done that. Um should we start off with Igar? Would you keep Balogun this season? Not maybe you know, not talking about at the expense of Nketiah or at the expense of somebody else. Would you want to keep him just for like squad numbers or whatever the case may be?
2: Would I want to keep him? mate Would he want to stay? I don't think he would. So based on my my opinion, my opinion of him staying or going is based off of what I think he would like to do for his career. And he's made it clear and evident that he doesn't want to stay and go, uh, go on another loan. He's made it clear and evident that he wants to get as much game time as possible because last year, it went so well for him on loan at Renz or What was the club? Was it Rams? I think so.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah right. he Riz- Riz- up
2: at Rams, he did well. He scored 20 goals. He's now the face of a USA a USA men's national team. He wants to keep the trajectory of his uh, of his of his career going. And let's be honest, if he's going to be at Arsenal, we might be playing Kai Havertz as a false nine before we play him as a striker. So based on that, I think he would want to leave alone. Uh, that alone. Preseason comes in. Let's see what he's doing. But he's already tweeted out tweets of how expensive he is and saying thirty million, most expensive American, all this stuff. I don't think we're gonna settle up for thirty million minimum. Uh, sorry, he tweeted that out. Yes, he tweeted he tweeted that out. He posted it saying, Did you not see the Captain America thing with him wearing the Captain America gear? He posted the transfer mark valuation of thirty million on his story, similar to how Modric did when Arsenal were interested in him oh, last oh, year. Oh, he's gassed. Oh, he's <laughs> undersetting himself as well. I'm not setting up the 30. Big time. Arsenal have made it clear they want around fifty million euros. To me, if we could get rid of both him and Eddie Nketiah, I would do it and bring somebody else in. That wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. But but him himself, I don't believe he's going to stay at Arsenal past Mm. this uh, summer transfer. No, he makes a move and I think he makes a permanent move away from Arsenal to get first team football somewhere else, be it in Italy, be it uh, somewhere else in the Premier League. But Arsenal will either have a sell-on clause buyback and will sell him for good money. And that money can be used to be
0: reinvested in the midfield. So, Paul, fifty million offer comes in um from let's say um Leipzig.
1: Yeah. Do you sell Balogun? Yeah, tell him listen, uh, you need any help clearing your locker, and not in a bad way, but just because I feel like it's just good money. And like I've said previously, we've had conversations about him. I just feel like it's better to have not given him the opportunity to show what he can do in the print so we're never wondering or even if we are wondering we don't we haven't seen it we've seen him put in some good performances in France um and obviously he's got a taste for being the leading man so if you sell him over there and he becomes a world beater then you know great we still got great money for him he's an academy product he didn't cost us anything um so to say yeah Leipzig 50 million euros I'd say yeah of course sell him um I don't think I think if we kept him, I wouldn't be angry. But at the same time, I just feel like I don't know if his value is going to be as high as it is now. Because even if he does stay, he's not getting the minutes I think he's looking for. He's not going to be the second striker after Jesus. So, you know, unless he, he has to pretty much turn around and score similar amount of goals, you know, between like 16 to 20 goals all comps to even come close to maintaining that value. And I just don't think he's gonna get the minutes, you know, to prove that. So he probably won't. Uh the value won't be as high. Let's get the money and just reinvest. Um, yeah.
0: guys mentioned um a possible buyback clause, which I think is a brilliant idea. And Arsenal haven't really been savvy using something like that in the past. Um, but is I'm sure that would come at the expense of the of the fee that you're, you're Paying for him, so I'm I'm sure, like say at Leipzig, we're using Leipzig as an example. If Leipzig came in and said Arsenal said we want 50 million for Balogun, but Arsenal said we want a buyback clause in there, the price can't be
1: 50 million. Then it will drop somewhat. Do you guys, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I mean you're saying basically like the price because you couldn't say you're going to buy him back for less than there they're going to buy him for. Mm. So if they're if we're buy, if they're buying him for 50, then maybe the buyback clause has to be like. 62 63 or something like that if we did um yeah i i guess so i think it's like a kind of similar to the fabric one where it's like or maybe it's just we get first first dip or first choice maybe that because then if his if his value went down for example we could just be like okay we've got first refusal so if he's going to be sold he has to be offered to us first and then we can then start the process like that maybe that'll be a better way to get around it rather than like a a buyback clause for a certain price.
0: Eagles, this literally just a case of selling, selling a man where why his value is high.
2: Yeah, man, this is uh, Balogun situation—he is not gonna get any more hype than what he is right now. Like he's gonna need, wherever he goes, he might do well, and we have to be prepared for that. But at the end of the day, it's pure profit for the club. And as weird as this might sound, I'm gonna compare him to Hector Bellerin and Ainsley Melanious for a second. Mm-hmm. Hector Bellerin, we had a 50 million pound offer from Barcelona, 55 million pound offer from Barcelona, we turned it down. Uh, Ainsley now we had a, well, I think it was a 15 million pound offer from uh, from Wolves, we turned it down. If we turn down a 35, maybe even 40 million pound offer for Balogun, and he doesn't get much game time, come January, his valuation will be down to 25. So why? Why sell? Why not sell him? Even if we're, we're, we might not get the fifty million that we want this transfer window. Then keep him, and he gets no game time. We have a disgruntled player, and his valuation decreases. There's so many neg- There's so many things that could go wrong for us if we keep him. What's the things that could go right for us if we keep him? I don't think he's better than any of the players that we have that could play in that position right now. People say he's better than Eddie, but that's it. Really and truly, Trussard is going to play out of him. Kyle Havertz might play ahead of him, and Jason's is going to play ahead of him. So we got to get rid of we got to get rid of him as uh, and get the money in now before it's too late, or else we could devalue the player.
0: Yeah, if you don't want to devalue the asset. That's an important thing as well. Yeah, um, yeah, boy. I guess it. Look,
2: look at Liverpool. Liverpool sold two strikers that haven't done anything to this level <laughs> for
0: ridiculous money. Paul was saying this like two weeks ago, so yeah.
2: Yeah, me, he's not better than Dominic Serbazla. What's his name, Dominic? Uh, S- S-
0: Lanky. S- Lanky. Lanky.
2: And what's the other guy? Yeah, Rooster. Rooster's Brewster. 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 Ha- career highlight is sitting in a barbershop with the Champions League Trophy. I mean, yeah. like, a uh, uh, medal on his neck.
1: Medal, yeah, this neck, like, yeah. I have
2: not seen one highlight of him playing football in years.
1: He plays in the championship, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, Sheffield United. I don't I mean, think he's good. Yeah. maybe
2: he'll do
0: well in the Champions League. I mean, in the Premier League. Well, Premier like. League. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think the the climate is kind of right. Like we're saying, you know, he's just been given this role as, um, you know, he, he he's declared for um, United States. He's kind of the poster boy over there right now. Um, I guess the only other thing, and maybe this is again just a business move. It seems like we are including him on our trip um to the US, our tour of the US. Um I've, i think I saw he's partaking in like some MLS All Star skills challenge, something, Arsenal versus like MLS All Stars or something like that. So it's like, are Arsenal just really trying to squeeze anything out of this before they maybe eventually sell it in pool? Is that what you, you
1: Yeah, think? I think I think it's I think it's that I think it's, you know, trying to Squeeze as much out as possible. And I think, obviously, the fact that he is an Arsenal player and that we're going on this US tour, you know, it's like, come and see uh, USA national team number nine. You know, come and see him and play and all that sort of stuff. He'll bring more fans. Maybe it's more of a commercial thing. Um, yeah, similar to what he could say. I just think his value is high at this moment in time. Um, and obviously, kind of putting him on that stage again, he'll probably get some, uh, some decent minutes playing uh, in the preseason. And, yeah, just see what happens. And even if we did maybe potentially end up keeping him, it's an opportunity to kind of just see what he can do. Maybe they just still need to see how he's playing, how he's developed, you know, and how he can link up with the the guys in the team. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's a shame that we're maybe not going to get to actually see him giving that full push, that full, you know, go. I think that's what a lot of people are. People don't really mind selling him for 50 mil. It's just like, I would like to... For him to have a chance, sort of thing, but you know, it's like fifty mil comes knocking. You you kind of got to take it. Well, especially with the expenditure, the outlay we've done some already. Let me say this: as fans, we're too invested
2: in Charlie Patino and Balogun. The club is not that invested in them. The club is invested in trying to get the best players to win now, and really and truly, Charlie Patino, Balogun, they're not win now players.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's the you know that's the. The con, if there is one, of being successful, having a really good team is that we are going to start losing these academy prospects. These people that, you know, back in yesteryear, we would be pushing these guys through and, you know, like bringing them into the team bit by bit. But when you're really successful, you know, th- these are not the people that are going to move the needle. You know, they're not even maybe potentially not even going to give you adequate squad depth. So maybe in a sense, Allegan's loan was was too good. He did too good of a job. Now, you know, if he had like a loan score like Eddie did at Leeds where he gets a couple goals, but, you know, you didn't really see much or he didn't start enough, then he probably would have just come back in the team and just been happy to have any sort of role or got on another loan. But once you've gone and bagged 20 goals, you were the leading man, you know, you see bigger and better things for yourself than being on the bench. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting situation, and well said in regards to especially these academy players, the younger players pushing through, and not everyone can can stay and make it. And it kind of nicely moves us along to, um, you know, I guess some of the the better news we've had this week with those that have decided to stay, those that have decided to commit their future in, you know, I think earlier in the summer we had Ramsdale signing a new contract, obviously Saka signed a new contract, some signed um, earlier on in the season, um, Martinelli had signed. Um, this past week it's been um, Wanyeri. you know the young the youngster that we saw come on earlier on in the season given an opportunity um, he's been ever present in the under 18s and of course we saw the quote unquote return to the club of Reese Nelson because his contract did end and he resigned. and of course big Bill William Saliba has signed his long term future as well um, Igar will come to you first yeah what do you believe is the key for Arsenal retaining all these players? Because it's all well and good, you know, spending all the money that we have spent this summer, possibly even after a period of now maybe selling a few, we'll, we might spend a bit more. But the the guys that are committing to the club now, um, all the young players, the first team players, but they're young players. And then, of course, Winieri, like we said. What, what do you think is the key to Arsenal keeping them? The key to Arsenal keeping, uh, what do you call
2: it? These young players is... the tr- You can't say trophies. You can't say winning. What you can say is Mikel Arteta and his transformation of the club because he's now gotten the team in the right direction where you can see the end line. We've gone from the young, uh, one of the best... We've gone from one of the youngest teams in the league to one of the best young teams in the world. And now, potentially, these players are looking around and they're saying, there's no actual project that's better than staying at Arsenal. But Kawasaki looks around and he's like, I could leave Arsenal, but there's nowhere in world football I would go and I'd be given the same level of game time and the same level of importance in a team. William Saliba, PSG come knocking. He's like, I don't really want to go to PSG right now. I think it's more stable at Arsenal. Uh, Odegaard, same thing. He looks around. He's like, I'm the club captain. I'm so important. They've, ta- they've trusted me and it's like, I owe them that trust back. Martinelli, I came from the third division of Brazil. They believed in me. I kind of owe them. So I feel like this first contract, every single one of those players kind of feel like they owe Arsenal. This Where we're going to struggle to keep them is probably if we don't have the same level of success going into their second contract. But this first contract, he built these players up. They're not bigger than the club. None of them are. They They're literally players that nobody would have wanted or nobody even knew about before they started playing for Arsenal. So based on that, they have a level of affinity to the club, connection to the club, and who are they to say, I want to leave? They can't, really and truly. Look at any of them. But Saka, he goes to Man City. He's going to be a rotation player. Yes, he might pick up trophies, but he's not in an age or of his career where he'd want to go, go and chase trophies at this point. And he can still do that here. Last season we challenged, that was another pivotal point challenging last season is what made people say you know what there is a finish line there is somewhere and if they win the league with arsenal some of these guys could become club legends they leave right if they would have jumped ship this season it would have been easy to go to a city and win a couple trophies But you're not gonna actually you're not gonna be remembered the same way you'd be remembered at arsenal coming from the academy going to help us win a league title so these guys have the incentive they have that backing and they kind of have a chip on their shoulder because we were the ones that believed in them and when nobody else did. So I think that's why.
0: Yeah, there's some good points there, Paul. Is there anything in terms of, you know, the, the key factors that you would think is um, why, why you know, these guys
1: want to stick around? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think coming from like the academy level first and foremost, it's like seeing someone like um, Ethan Waneri stay And signing like, you know, the biggest contract of an academy player, you know, I think within, I think within Arsenal. I think it's still important to show players coming up from the ranks that there is still, there are spaces if you can go to that next level. If you're the best of the best, there is a position, there is, we will believe in your talent, we will back you. And I think those sort of things are important because otherwise your academy prospects just think are like all the guys you know, no, everyone's playing in my position, they're buying people all the time, this and that, there still needs to be that incentive. So I think making that signing was really important. Um, similar to what you was saying, I think a lot of the players now, they, you know, they've gotten this opportunity, they've gotten this stage to play because we've kind of pushed this youth. And, you know, it pushed them to second place. I think it'd be stupid for any of them to think about leaving when they were so close to doing something which would have been not unprecedented, but like, you know, they would have gone down as legends all of them yeah you know to, to bring the first title since um 2004 um you know and whatever other trophies. so i just think they can all see that the club is on an upward trajectory like um you know like i said before i think the next contracts becomes tricky because if we're successful it's likely they'll probably want to stay more but if we're not that's when you know we probably have some hard conversations about who to try and keep, who to let go to get most value for, and things like that. But um, yeah, I just think the way we're keeping these players, we're giving them these contracts, and the kind of players that are coming in, people are seeing Arsenal as such an exciting project. And, you know, we're getting, we're signing guys for over 100 million, you know, all in. We're signing guys, hot prospects from different leagues. And, you, you know, even to the hearing that, if Mbappe was to come to England, the place he thinks he'd come is Arsenal. And I know that's all just, you know, like we're not getting excited. We're not thinking that's going to be like a reality or anything. But these are the sort of things that just show people that, oh, this is the place to go in England. If you're serious about, you know, building your career and potentially in the next couple of years, by God's grace, winning some things. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you both mentioned this this second contract, which I guess the way Arsenal have been negotiating will probably come up for a lot of these players in the next two to three-ish years, even though they're on like four, five-year deals, or whatever the case is. And the way I'm seeing it, like it's it's a bit of a, it's a it's a sad time in general because it's like it, we want to be successful now, right? If we are successful in the next two to three years, some of these guys will bit be, be a bit further on, mid twenties, and they might be you know then the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid's, you know, some of them returning to their native countries. Um, for the biggest clubs it could be something that you know might be attractive to them at it's the same time sad. It's, huh? not sad. it's not sad
2: it's a good thing really and truly this is where they can establish themselves in football as as, as a big player as a big name player like a guy like Gabriel Magalhas didn't get picked for the Brazil national team he became a monster in the second half of the season if he goes and is one of the best defenders in the Premier League helps Arsenal win their first league title in 30 years does something else magical and maybe wins as a Champions League, he's not going to leave. The guy is going to sign another contract.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's my, that's my other side of the coin. That's literally it. Like, you, you either you want them to stay, but then, you know, as they get older, some of them, you know, we can't lie, Real Madrid, Galacticos is still a thing. Even though Real Madrid have seemingly even moved away from that kind of model, it is still a thing. And if, if those kind of clubs come knocking, you never know You might think you are, I want Real Madrid on my CV before I hang up my boots. I want Barcelona on my CV before I hang up my boots. So even, like I say, even if we have that period of success, some of these guys, which especially aren't from England, um, you know, they, they, they owe us and they would have paid us back in trophies. We, we owe. They may still look to to move on and go to these, you know, some of Europe's elite is, is, what, I, is what I mean. Um, yeah, it's, it's techie. Like, I think we've done the good part in getting the, them down on the, their current contracts. But um, yeah, depending on our level of success, obviously, if we don't have any success, then it becomes a very easy decision for a lot of them that, yeah, I might need to seek, you know, further afield to get that that trophy before my my career ends. But there is, you know, some people that they want some of those big brand names on their CV as well. And hopefully we don't have them in our team. It's not like a mercenary situation. But even just on that, you're talking like we're not going to win nothing this season. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not talking like that. I'm just talking like, we. I mean, we've seen it. Like, okay, I'm trying to think. Bro, Obviously, I'm... more like Thierry. We, let, let, we know Thierry left because we didn't win the Champions League. So that's what he, what he went to win. But there's players that still, they win everything at a club. Do not have anyone Mbappe level on our team? bro? Not in terms of world class.
2: So who, who are any of these guys to be entitled to say, if we don't win the Champions League at Arsenal, we have to leave? You leave, but that's it. Really and truly, we win the Premier League this season, all of them are going to be incentivized to stay for the next three years. At least, right? And if we don't win the Premier League this season, next season we try to go again with another with, with, with some changes. I honestly don't think that this whole thing about if they l- last to the end of their contract and they don't win, we've failed as a club and they should leave. Mm. No, I hear that. It shouldn't be a situation where it's sad. The honest truth is, If we respect our players, they don't deliver, they should leave. Because at the end of the day, they couldn't get us over the line. We need to find other people that can get us over the line. But I do believe these guys are going to deliver for us. And I do believe that they are good enough to do so. And if they can't compete at Arsenal, it's not because we don't have enough good players. Because now we have built a squad. It's because either them or the manager were not capable of getting us over the line.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely hear that. Um, I mean, I think what's gone... What's worked in our favor with with these signings as well is the, the hard work, I guess, Arteta done with getting rid of some of the quote-unquote mercenaries in Yang and Ozil and all of these kind of names. Um, how important does that kind of pay dividends now to what we've seen with being able to sign players for bigger fees and um, retain the ones we've had, we've retained?
2: Hmm. My thing is, I, I, I already said this uh, at the beginning, I feel like it's more about the culture that he built and the and the understanding that you have such a big role in the squad. I feel like all the players feel like Mikel Arteta is, is, has played a massive part in their careers. So they might feel some level of... that they're indebted to him. Is that what you're asking or what are you saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's that as well. But I mean, the importance of getting rid of the guys that were on the big contracts, not necessarily doing anything. Um
2: oh yeah that, that allows us to spend money if we don't get rid of these big contracts we don't spend money we would still have a Bamang on our books. Am I wrong?
0: Yeah no, no you're probably right yeah
2: instead of him instead he's on Chelsea's bench living life <laughs>
0: <laughs> getting paid hands- handsomely but yeah not playing football at all. I love it. <laughs> yeah man um yeah Arteta, his team, do all those guys, they've done a really, really good job, you know, securing all these contracts as well. Um you know, it's not easy. Um, but, you know, it, it sounds easy that, you know, where you put it as well in terms of the prospect of what we're offering in terms of the best projects in Europe. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's hard work. Um, and nothing more has come, you know, there hasn't been anything that's more hard work than securing the signing of Declan Rice. Um, we've we've avoided it for 30 minutes talking about the, the big incoming. The problem, you know, um, bro. <laughs> We have we, literally every week we've, we've called it Rice Watch because we're literally just here talking about Declan Rice. But we're here now. Declan Rice is uh, going to be an Arsenal player. Um, I, I think apparently he had his medical on Friday, Um, just gone. It will more than likely be announced this week so that he's within the team when we start the friendlies within the next week or so. Um, Before we get into what we wanted to talk about with Declan Rice, Igal, kind of just give me your thoughts on um, Declan Rice signing for Arsenal. It's
2: a great signing. We we got our number one target. That's what we wanted, and I'm very happy that we've gotten we uh we we've gotten uh all these all these deals done. But the Declan Rice deal is, it's somewhat a pivotal deal because we not all, when was the last time we got a player that everyone in world football wanted? Sol Campbell, uh, freaking or like yeah, we not truly. This is this is those kind of signings. I think the day that we got to hear you go for Declan Rice. Is kind of similar to when we signed Ozo, Maybe not as emotional because it wasn't the last day of the season, but it's also great because preseason's a couple days away, and we already know the player is going to be an Arsenal player. And that midfield is is where games are won and lost. And I really do believe we have one of the best, uh, one of the best uh, uh, midfield uh, midfielders in the Premier League joining our club. And West Ham, we had to pay a record fee, but this is the kind of money you have to pay for players. I'm not going to complain about his wages, I'm not going to complain about his price tag, really and truly. If you are good players, you want to compete for major trophies, you have to pay these kind of prices. And that's and that's what we got to do. And and I'm happy that we're doing it and it shows that we have the ambition to to succeed.
0: So you mentioned we have to pay these kind of prices. Did Arsenal overpay for Declan Rice?
2: Of course we did, but we but nowadays this is what you have to do.
0: By how much would you say we overpaid?
2: I would say he's more valued to around eighty million, but what you have to understand is ninety million is the new fifty or sixty, mm. right? The prices have been inflated in football to a level where it's unimaginable. So this is what you have to pay nowadays, and this is this is somewhat the norm. So I got we gotta get used to it. yeah, I think people people see a hundred million pounds and they're like, oh my God, he's not better than Zidane. He's not better than Perlo. But Zidane and we were not playing in a market where transfers were going for this kind of money. How much money did Zidane go to Real Madrid for? At the time, it was a record transfer. Right now, that would probably be like 200 million.
0: That's, that's true. That is true. So, in terms of, because obviously, okay, so you said about 80 million should be his real value. I guess the other 20 million, is that based on the British passport? Is that based on um, potential? Or is it just what West Ham wanted? What would you say that other twenty million came down to? That other twenty million came down to West Ham did a good job,
2: and Man City came in and kind of raised the price. And we we originally thought we were going to get him for around eighty million. That's including add-ons. We had to pay hundred and five. And the good thing the good thing is for West Ham, they got their valuation for their player. Arsenal gets their player, and we somehow fended off Man City. Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, and when was the last time we were able to get a player over all those clubs? I don't remember.
0: Yeah, Paul, do you think we overpaid for Declan Rice, and if so, by how
1: much? We definitely overpaid, but it's just part and parcel of the game at this point. You know, it's. I think I'm hearing about eighty million. I think seventy-five, eight. I mean, I mean, if we're being real, like, who who really? Does cost that much. But I mean, I would have been happy if we had paid somewhere in the region of 80. I would have felt okay with that. I think we probably overpaid on his true value by maybe about 20, 25 million. You know, even if we got him for like 75, I was thinking, yeah, that's probably where the true value is. But he's got the British passport. He's West Ham's captain. He's their best player. You know, it it was always going to push up. And they're trying to make history by being like, you know, yeah, we sold the the player who became the british record for a transfer and all that stuff so you know um i was open for it being around the 100 mark all the rumors like prior obviously before the deal was agreed of like 120 i was saying she would walk away you know if it's getting to that point because i don't think he's worth that i think it's just it would be too much but maybe in a sense we had gone too far to kind of drop out or come back and be like oh you know, we've already spent 105, and they want 120. Just give them the extra 15. But you know, you've already spent 105, so yeah, I reckon we were overpaid by a bit. But you know, it'd be different if this was someone coming from La Liga or League One or something like that. They probably you probably would have been able to get potentially a cheaper deal because they don't have those add-ons, shall I say, in the British passport and you know, captain and all that kind of stuff. Plus, they know we've got money, so yeah.
0: I'm not going to lie. If it got to 120 million, I think I still would have played, paid it. I still, I, st- I think I still would have paid it to get the deal done and bring him in. Mm. Um, Yeah, I, I think, and that's what we're all talking here. Like, we know he's not right now 100 million in terms of yeah. value, but this is it. If you want somebody, this is what you have to get done. You know, I like guess good thing for him is he want, he went to run that Europa Conference League thing, which mm. without that would have then added something on top of that. And it's, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Egon reeled off the, the teams that we were competing with to get this guy's um, con- um, signature on the contract and it's mm-hmm. like you just you just have to bite the bullet and do do some things that you wouldn't necessarily do and doesn't necessarily make sense, but we need this player and um, you know, I'll, I'll also add in here like kudos to Declan Rice because we've seen a lot of players that, you know, they want to stay at their clubs, become club legends and haven't moved on like sometimes it is fear of you know will i will the the fans still love me if i I, (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. like but you know he's put on his big boy pants and he's he's made a big move and there's undoubtedly going to be pressure on him but i think he can handle it i think it's it's safe to say if if uh man
2: city were willing to go to a bidding war we were prepared to go to a bidding war but well, I think there is a price that everybody has, where they're saying, you know, enough is enough. We have What's to lie. Mm. And and what that price would be, I don't know. But Mikael Arteta, Edu, and uh, the the Kronkies made it clear that they're not going to give up until they get their man. And 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 they got their man. Yeah,
0: they yeah. they they really showed that you know this was the the number one signing of the summer that they really wanted to get done. You know, nothing was kind of gonna. Knock them off, and unless, like you say, the the price just went absolutely crazy. Um, how does he compare? I'm talking in terms of price wise now. Like we saw in January, is Enzo Fernandez came mm-hmm. to Chelsea a hundred mil or hundred and five as well, or stuff, something like that? Am I right? Yeah, similar ballpark. Yeah. How does Declan Rice compare? Different kinds of players, somewhat. But Paul, what what would you say in terms of who do you think's
1: got the the better deal or the better player? Oh, we do, 100%. <clears throat> I, I think Enzo's a, a tidy player, but um, again, that, that's someone who had... I'm not even sure how long he was at Benfica for, but obviously he's had a great World Cup campaign, which, you know, throws on like an extra 50 million on sheer price to give you have a good World Cup. And he played a handful of games in the Champions League. I think, you know, they're, they're, potential, they're riding on potential where, you know, he's a good player, but is he going to translate? Is he going to be able to actually, you know, um Adjust and be the a uh, hundred million pound player. Where we've seen Declan Rice, where of course we're thinking, you know, he's been in a mid to lower tier team. We know what he can do. We've seen him at England. We've seen him in the league. We've seen him carry his club to uh, a European final and win it. I think we just have loads more to go off on to feel more confident that you know what we're even now going to surround this player with more better players around him than at, you know, Suček to the right of him and help them all them kind of players. So you you never really know with these sort of things. It is like a flip of a coin with transfers, you know. Deca Rice could come and, you know, he could just not get it. He might not just be able to adapt or, you know, things just happen. But I think if we're going to say get as much information as you can before getting this player, I think we've got more information. We know he can do it in the league. You know, he's an athlete. He's got the physique, the, the the play style that we need to advance our midfield. So I would say, yeah, I think he's got more than enough quality to be able to, to say that he will be overall a better signing than Enzo Fernandez.
2: I, I'm just going to say this. We are replacing Granit Xhaka's leadership with Declan Rice. That is a key point that we have to remember. Because yes. Granit Xhaka leaving and Declan Rice coming in go hand in hand. Now we have a better player now than than Brennan and Declan Rice. But what I need to know is how the rest of the midfield is going to work. we sure. not going to break, I'm not going to speak too much about Kai Havertz yet. But if Partey does leave, we would need to bring in another midfielder, or else we would actually be weakening our midfield. Even with the signings of Declan Rice and Kai Havertz, we mm-hmm. still need to keep Partey. Or if we sell him, bring in someone of equal value, or or experience. Or at least somebody who we rate that can get to that level. Mm. But yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's not I don't really question Declan Rice at all. Declan Rice is at for hundred million, he's the closest thing to a sure thing I've ever seen for Arsenal. I don't think I don't think, um I don't think when we were looking to sign Pepe, anyone was gonna say this is hundred percent gonna bash. <laughs> <But, laughs> remember when we were looking to buy Lamar for ninety million? Yeah, I was scared about that. I'm remember. like this guy's not Alexis Sanchez's level. Why are we paying back million for him?
1: That's true. Well,
2: and that was years ago. So, 100 million in today's market for a player who's played that many games in the Premier League. Can play as a DM. Can play as an 8. Can even, if we're crazy, you can play him as a 10. He can play as a center back.
0: I honestly think... England so. international.
2: Yeah. I think this England international, Premier League proven, Premier League captain, just won a conference league. Bro, there's no way you can tell me he isn't going to deliver
1: for a hundred million if he flops it will be the biggest shock in. yeah yeah i think that's for sure yeah and i don't think anyone's expecting that but you know like i said it'd be it'd be crazy it'd almost be like a surprise i think people just be it might even reflect poorly on on him rather than us because he's shown us he could do amazing things so it'd just be like where has the talent gone
0: yeah I think, um, for me, there's something that I really like about Arteta and the signings that he's made and trying to make them all kind of Premier League signings. It's like we're now going out and buying the best players in the Mm -hmm. Premier League and it, it means they can just come in, they know the league, hit the ground running. Those that he, I mean, he tends to buy young players anyway, but those that he's buying from outside of the country are the younger ones that will have time to, you know, get to that level in the Premier League. Um... So, yeah, I think this is just another, you know, maybe we're talking a bit early, but like we're saying, um, it's, it's very close to a sure thing. This is going to be another really promising signing for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we're, we're literally just waiting for the announcement. Ega, what are you, what you expecting in terms of, you know, the the content, me, the media side of things when it comes to Declan Rice announcement by Arsenal? You know, Arsenal, like, going um, to town with these announcements. Any Anything particularly you expecting? Just be patient.
2: Just be patient. Um, expect there to be you know that you know that thing where someone stands in the middle and the thing is going in a circle? You're gonna probably have something like that. The little camera. Yeah, the <laughs> camera going in a circle. They're gonna do something similar to Russo probably. You know our song, man. They recycle things, so they're gonna probably find a way to to recycle that. Um Stan Cranky's on a budget. <laughs> 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 now that, that now you. Yeah. Why did he spent all this money he's on a budget. but yeah, you know what? If you believe Twitter, Twitter will tell you he's being announced every day. Oh yeah. <laughs> Being announced tomorrow, he's being announced today. Everyone of their mom has already seen him at London Coney doing everything. Stop it. the The honest truth is, he's an Arsenal player. We know it's been done for a while now. It, it doesn't. Uh, to me, I don't need to see him holding up the shirt. Uh, to to yet, uh, all I need to see is him playing. If we if we if we don't announce him and we just we just see him playing in a preseason game, <laughs>
1: I'm
2: gonna be surprised.
1: Good, good,
2: good. They they do some mad things. But hey, yeah. you also see, you know that that uh, what was the Ghanaian guy who did the Tekan Rice song? Imagine yeah, yeah. A collaboration similar to how they did the Enzo thing with Chelsea. I wouldn't surprise me, you know. Yeah. But, the, but the Chelsea, even though I hate Chelsea, when they did the Enzo thing, uh what was it? Maro Enzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. in Spanish. Haha. <laughs> that that hung in my head for the longest time. Kind of- <laughs> I like it's I, I like that kind of thing. So it's like I think this they- the deck, uh, what, what how does it go? Something, something Declan Rice,
1: yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Right, press, yeah, something like that, yeah. But like, he's, he's a character as well, so I feel like he would want to do something quite exuberant and funny. And you know, like, yeah, how do you know, yeah. he's not at West Ham
2: anymore. The moment you sign at Arsenal, <laughs> part, you're part your target number one on your on the back of your head,
1: yeah, in spirit, yeah.
2: you have to yeah. we yeah. for, for getting him signed up, though,
0: definitely, definitely. One last thing. The weirdest part about this is, did you see
2: West Ham fans celebrating that that they're getting paid? (laughs) Shameless. I've never seen this. It's the weirdest behavior ever. A man posted 48 hours before West Ham get paid 38 million. (laughs)
1: Like, what the hell are we doing? They, they, I lost a lot of respect. I don't even know if it's respect because I, I didn't really ever give West Ham fans like a second thought, but. It wasn't, there's no, like, real rivalry. Yes, it's a London club, you know, but the, the the behavior has been absolutely, I can't believe it. They've, now they've made me feel like, you know what, if you not got relegated, I would have blinked. you know, they've That's been, Central account. Yeah, oh, done, bro. It's finished. His account is finished. After this. Done.
0: L- done. He lost all credibility. At this point, she should become a troll account. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's proper shameless behavior, but hey. It's, it's this small club mentality, isn't it? Like they, yeah. they don't know, like they they've and like we said, they've done a good deal for themselves. They got hundred million out of it. Um, going to be paid over three years, or whatever the case is. Yeah, and yeah, uh, you, you, you never know.
2: Them and them and Wolves are, are two clubs that are that have gotten worse.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it will be hard to attract. Um, you know, to spend that money wisely and attract. But listen, listen, it's not West West Ham channel don't care what happens to them. Um, them yeah this is all about Arsenal and um, man ego, appreciate you coming through today man and you know kind of spreading your knowledge and having a new voice on, on the pod and about everything that we discussed today
2: you're not going to talk about Havertz
0: we 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 talked about Havertz last week or so so maybe we'll invite you on next time and we'll, yeah. we'll kind of talk about Havertz but once we've got a feel for him um, you know once maybe the season started we'll, we can you know chop, break up about um, Havertz
2: I just find it funny that people found out he was tall yesterday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) From the training pictures. Yeah, all of a sudden, he's like, (laughs) you're the same height. It's like, like, name one good thing
2: about Kai Havertz. We said he was tall. And they're like, he's not that tall. They see him standing next to Saliba in a photo. They're like, he's so
0: tall.
2: (laughs) You guys don't watch football? Like, (laughs) what?
0: it's funny the things you discover now as soon as someone becomes your player like um, you know you, you don't hate him or you're not watching him mm. um but yeah man there, there's gonna be a lot to talk about like we said we've got friendlies coming up soon and um also on the channel we're gonna do some like predictions for what we think is going to happen for the arsenal's upcoming season but um you're gonna plug your channel let the people know where to find you and what's got um what you got coming up on your channel
2: yeah, so guys, go check me out. Eagle Talks Football. I got our Kia Head of Football London coming on on Monday. Uh, so I don't know when you're posting this, but come ch- check that out. I also do uh, rival shows twice a week on Thursdays and Fridays. And then the rest of the time, I'm just doing Arsenal News today, keeping you guys updated on all things Arsenal. And then, of course, I do have TikTok, Instagram. My Instagram and my TikTok's also Eagle Talks Football, so you can check me out there. I do post a lot of short videos exclusively for those platforms. And yeah, I'm also on Twitter, EGTB, EGAL on Twitter. I still haven't changed over the branding from, from EGTB <laughs> to yet. I'm going to keep that on Twitter. But yeah, you can also find me there where I chat a lot about other clubs and Arsenal, of course, but mostly just chatting shit about other clubs and posting, posting some Arsenal prop. Like right now, five days until we play Newtonburg, I can't wait. But yeah, big up to you guys for having
0: me. No problem, man. It's been great having you um but yeah guys that's it another episode in the bag um like we were saying you know if if you listen to the audio version hit us with a review and hit the five star button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to and if you want the video version of the conversation you're listening to head over to canon club youtube channel as well and it'll be there we'll be back same time next week Cheers to everyone listening. Cheers to Ego for coming through. And you hear from us soon. Oi, look at our tennis squad. We just got on a pitch and we say it off. I used to just want to get top four. But we're up now when I want to lot more. If we quit now, it was all for nothing. They talk big, but we call them bluffing. We can't call no more discussion. This season's all or nothing. Bukayo, that's our boy. I told you that Saka's a star
2: boy. Tech time, could we come